Hello, my friends. Welcome. My name is Joe. This is The Joe Martino Show. Today, we're going to answer an email that will transition us into my topic that I want to talk about today, which is, can we please stop telling everyone how to grieve and what to think? What happens when we try to see the world from the other person's point of view, especially the person who is the one that's doing actions that upset us? In this crazy, unprecedented times, how do we become better communicators? Let's kick it off. You're listening to The Joe Martino Show, a podcast dealing with all things emotional, relational, and human nature. Joe is a licensed counselor in the state of Michigan, specializing in relationship therapy. He is also the author of the book, The Emotionally Secure Couple. All advice offered in this episode is offered for entertainment and educational purposes only. Enjoy the show. Hello. Okay, we're going to start with a letter today, uh, an email. Someone wrote in, actually I got a lot of emails this week. Um, Somebody pointed out that I don't usually read the ones that tell me they appreciate the show. Uh, I don't know if, like I don't really think about that. So I don't know what to say about that other than I'm sorry. Uh, But someone did write in and they asked this question. I want to talk about it for a few minutes. And it it was a rather long email, so I wrote them back and asked them if I could just summarize it. And they agreed. And essentially the question was, why are people so mean on Facebook? And the, the, the writer, uh, her name is Lori, she actually said to me, like even people that I know and respect, and I know they don't talk like that when they're distressed in person, they talk in a very mean way on social media. And why is that? And so I want to address that for a few minutes. And I think that'll make a good segue into what I want to talk about for the rest of the episode uh, I do want to let you know that if your child is looking for a support group at this time, our office is giving out a free teen support group. So because it's free, anyone in the country can join 1 o'clock on Thursdays. It starts April 16th. And then one other thing, I am a little concerned about the audio quality of this particular episode. I have hurt my back and my neck, and so I am not in my normal place to record And it's difficult for me to find a comfortable position to record out of. And so you might hear some deep intakes of breath as the pain kind of comes and goes. It's nothing serious. It's just painful, but I can tolerate it. And I'm looking forward to this episode. So let's talk about why are people more mean on social media than in real life? At least that's the way they seem. I I think there's probably a lot of reasons for that. uh, And I don't know that I could actually even answer all of them today. But I think that one of the biggest reasons is, as, as uh, Lori pointed out, they don't actually have to interact with the person that they're being mean to. Facebook is one of those things where you have the whole conversation in your head. Even when you're reading what the other person wrote, it is still a, a conversation in your head because you add the tone, you add uh, the inflections, right? So if I send you a text... Uh, you actually, when you read it, you add in all the tac- inflections, you add in all the tones, you add in everything. And so as you add those in, you react to the add-ins that you're putting into the text. And that is certainly true of social media. I think the other thing is there, there isn't a lot of consequences for it. And I don't mean like legal consequences. I don't think that should be, but they can explode at somebody that if they live in Michigan, they can explode on somebody that lives in California. What's it going to matter? They can disagree. But I do think this highlights a bigger problem in our society. And Lori, as we discussed a little bit in email, we have come to the place where we don't discuss things we disagree on much. 
it just becomes shouting matches. Even in real life, offline, outside of social media, it becomes a shouting match. And that is something that has to be addressed because as long as we have shouting matches, we're not going to be able to have dialogue and come to points of agreement where we can find a solution on how we move forward in a healthy way. And I really think that there's nowhere that this is more important or more evident than when we come to topics that we find important to ourselves. Uh, co-sleeping. I'm, I'm a big advocate of co-sleeping. And in fact, I find myself internally getting upset when I hear commercials. Like a couple years ago, our county spent umpteen dollars to do a study on co-sleeping and how dangerous it was. But when you read the study, I really think there were some flaws to it. And I was really upset. And, and that's okay. We've, we've talked before about, you know, look, if, if you're, you go, go from calm to upset, that's kind of a chemical reaction inside your body. But how do you respond? When we start talking about politics, what happens? It becomes a shouting match. We start talking about this, this COVID-19. Uh, I watched two people on social media shout at each other because one person called it the Chinese virus and another person said that's racist. And, and I mean, there was like 87 comments because uh, reading comments is kind of like my TV. Uh, I, we have TV. I don't watch it much. Uh, so I enjoy reading comment arguments. Um, and I didn't get involved in it, but they just went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But they didn't really communicate. They just shouted at each other. And, and I actually, the, the part where I'm not sure I agree with the person who wrote in is I actually feel like that happens offline almost as much as it does online, perhaps more online because there's a broader opportunity for it. But I don't see conversations where two people disagree and it, and it stays civil. And I'm not even talking about like, it could be heated. That wouldn't bother me. It could, the tones, the, the volume could elevate. That wouldn't bother me. I know there are some people that it would, and that's fine. Like you kind of get to pick, but we need to, we need to figure out how do we have conversations about things that we disagree about? And how do we balance logic and feelings? Logic and feelings, logic and feelings. One of the things that we've talked about in the past is good communication combines facts and feelings. Facts and feelings. Here's what happened. Here's how I felt about it. Or here's what's going on and here's how I feel about it. And, and that is good communication because it's just what's happening. It's not, you made me feel this. It's not, uh, this is 100% accurate as far as it's recognizing that we have uh, an interpretation of what's happening and it may not be completely accurate. We can be biased. We can miss things. We can interpret things wrongly. What we lack, here's why I think, I think people are going after people in a mean way for two reasons. We lack humility. Everybody thinks they're an expert. There's actually a syndrome for this where the more certain, the less people know about something uh, as far as being trained in it, the more certain they tend to be in their language about it. And we lack humility to say, hey, you know what? I could be wrong or I don't feel the way that you do, but I, I can see how you feel that way. That's empathy. I, I, I get that you could feel that way. So I mean, if you really want to think about it, think about this thing with the COVID-19 that's running around. There's very few conversations where people are able to discuss things in a way that isn't 
If we just go straight from zero to attack because we're afraid and we're not humble. I, I know that's not a popular message in 2020, but I don't know what else. I don't know what else to uh, ascribe it to 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 blame, if you will. What is the reason for why we're so full of vitriol online? It's because we're certain. Uh, I'm friends with a, with an older woman on Facebook. She's in our community. Uh, she is a hostess at one of my wife's and my favorite restaurants and are a host. I don't know what the politically correct term is. And she is very pro one politician. And there have been people that have said really vile things to her on Facebook. Uh, you know, once somebody said to her something about the virus and she said, well, I don't think that's how it works. And they, I mean, they just wrote terrible things to her. I hope you get raped. I hope you lose you get the virus and die. That is not humility. And I realize that the vast majority of people don't quite go that far. But I got to tell you, I've seen a lot more statements and posts about, well, I hope these people that aren't staying home get the virus and die. If you think that's showing your humanity, you've lost, you have literally lost the plot. You've missed it. You're You're way out of bounds. Hoping that someone dies because they don't think the same way you do that is a terrible place to be living. And this is kind of what I want to talk about today. I get it. People are scared. People are afraid. Uh, we, we have really bought into, as a society, for long before COVID-19 came out, we've bought into this idea of safety at all costs. And uh, we've bought into this idea of certainty and control. And, and, and I really believe in a way that our ancestors would never even have considered. Think about playgrounds, bicycle riding, right? Uh, we tend to, I hear stories of people judging their neighbors because their, their kid is riding their bike and they have a helmet on, but they don't have knee pads on or, or elbow guards on uh, because it's safer, right? And, and we have, you know, and we, we've adopted this. If it just helps one life thing, which is true and good, and yet a little bit positioning the argument in a, in a uh, very stilted way, I, I would suggest. And so we, we really believe in security above all. It, what if, what if? And I do believe that we have, to, we have to step back and examine our fears, right? Fear is an emotion. And like all emotions, it can be healthy or unhealthy depending on what we do with it. And as such, it needs to be examined. But one of the things that, that my wife and I talk about this a lot, obviously two counselors being married, uh, we talk about human behavior a lot. One of the things that, that, that concerns me is we are on, I believe, an upward tick of telling people what they can and cannot think. We're telling people what they can and cannot express. And it's not even, uh, it's, we're not talking about behaviors. We're not talking about, uh, it's not even like, you know, attacking someone. I get that. If somebody's verbally attacking someone, if someone's being mean to someone, we should call that out. But here's the thing. If they say something we don't agree with, we give ourselves a hall pass to say something mean to them. And nowhere is this more evident than our discussions around politics, parenting, relationships, and COVID-19. If somebody puts up, I think we should start going back to work. Literally, I, I, I have a fun time. I set an over and under at three typically. And I usually choose the under that there will be no more than three comments before somebody says, well, how many lives are not worth the economy? That's not actually a helpful question. 
Now, what the person I think is usually often really trying to say is that they believe that going back to work too soon will put more lives at risk. And if they said that, they use those words, that's actually much better communication. And I realize a lot of people, when I, when I have this conversation with them about, you know, instead of saying this, say it that way, a, a lot of times people will say, I feel like you're just being picky. I am being picky. I agree because words matter. And so as, as we watch these conversations unfold, as we have them in real time with real people, we've got to stop telling people what to think. Uh, here in the town I live in, Lowell, on his personal Facebook page, the mayor said that if you're not doing something, I don't remember what, I think if you're not wearing masks, I really don't remember what he said. He said, you're an idiot. Okay, first of all, that is an attack on a person. A really good rule of communication uh, is dealing with the problem, not the person. Right? So we call that issues only uh, in the six rules of communication that we have that, that I've shared with, in, with you in my book, The Most Secure Couple, available wherever fine books are sold, uh, also online on the Kindle store. And you can get a hard copy or a paperback copy from Amazon as well. But calling people in, that's just bad communication. And he's a leader. And people were defending it. Now, it was on his own Facebook wall. It got shared in a public format, which is unfair to him. But that's not good leadership, my friend. It just isn't. And it kills conversation. If you really want to develop community with those around you, you have to find a way to live with the tension that there are going to be things about them that you just don't agree with and even some things that you dislike, and it's okay. We are going to actually develop the type of world that I believe most people, when I talk to them in a relatively sterile environment, in other words, an environment away from the stresses of the fears that they have, we they want to develop a world where we can have good communication, where we can have interactions where there are disagreements, we have to be our own agent of change. We have to be the person that says, okay, maybe the other people, maybe the other person isn't communicating in a very healthy way, but I'm going to no matter what. We have to start by holding ourselves accountable first and foremost. We have to be the one who holds myself accountable. I have to be the one who holds myself accountable. It has to start there. And one of the things that's happening, and my wife and I, it's kind of become a game for us. We just point out all the different places where we see people telling other people, you, if, because you don't think this, you're an idiot. Because you don't think this, I hope you get the virus and die. Because you think this, I hope blah, 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 this bad thing happens to you. That's terrible communication. It does not reflect good humanity. I even saw somebody put up, uh, they, they shared a post where it, it said, if we could spread love like we spread hate, the world would be a better place. And I was like, yeah, I agree with that. And I was about to tell the dude, like, hey, dude, that's a great quote. And literally, I am not kidding you, the post right before it, he's talking about how they, these people that were part of a group that he doesn't agree with, that he hopes they die. And I am a huge fan of the truth that people are complicated messes, that people are struggling complicated messes. I am. I'm a huge fan of that. That's a truth. That's a reality. And I, at the same time, we have to call ourselves to something better, to something more. So, so what does that look like? I, I, I don't want to just spend this whole episode talking about what the problem is. I want to uh, 
I, I want to spend some time talking about what does it look like to hold the line for ourselves? And we've done a lot of episodes on communication. By the way, if you've been here from the beginning, we're coming up on episode 100. Uh, we're hoping to have a few giveaways for that uh, that ep- that episode, maybe some tweets. If somebody tweets about it, we'll randomly pick someone and, and there will be a, a gift of some sort from us. Uh, so, so that's exciting. I'm excited about that. Hopefully this is something we're able to do well into the future and we are able to help people uh, live an emotionally, mentally healthy life. So, so what do we do? How do we hold the line in our, in our communication? First of all, you have to make a commitment to not telling people what to say or think. People get to have their own opinions. You don't have to agree with them. It's okay to not agree with them, but you can't, like, you just can't be constantly telling them, well, you can't think that. Like, I have a friend, a really good friend who keeps putting up, well, I, I, you know, if you do this or you do that, I'm unfollowing you. Okay. Like, if you're unfollowing them, what makes you think they care? And I'm not saying, well, you can't say that. I'm asking, what's the payoff, right? There's some things we have to consider in every decision we make. This is just good, sound living, I believe. What's the cost? What's the price? Those are two different things, right? Cost is total resources out. Price is whatever we pay. What's the return on investment? And how do we measure success? Those are just good questions. So when we, like, and there are people, there are people that I unfollow. There's a ton of people in the last 10 days that I've just hit snooze for 30 days because all of their posts are vitriol. All of their posts are angry, uh, they, they set up a lot of false dichotomies. And we tend to do that the most when we're afraid. So a really good thing for us to have good communication is we stop telling people what to think. And then we take a step back and we ask ourselves, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of something? And in this, like COVID-19, I get it. We're afraid we're going to die. We're afraid people we love are going to die. And we're afraid that people who aren't following the lockdown protocols are going to kill someone we love. I'm not, I see, I, and I even get nervous to say this. I'm not quite sure that's how a virus works, but I'm not an expert in it, so I don't know. I, I do have some friends, one who is a virologist, scientist, that we've been talking back and forth via email, and, and she has told me some things. I was like, oh, I didn't know that, right? But if you say, well, I'm just not sure what this works, or even more, like one of the things that I am concerned about is the number of suicide attempt spikes that are going on. And people are like, well, you know what? Anne Frank had to hide in a ceiling for 45 days. You can do this. Okay, but that's called comparative grief, and that doesn't work. Comparative grief doesn't motivate people, right? The whole, oh, well, you, you shouldn't be afraid. Again, we're telling, her, telling him or her what to do because Anne Frank had to do this. You shouldn't be uncomfortable because Anne Frank had to do that. Well, that's just not helpful. That's like saying to someone who has cancer, well, at least you didn't lose a leg. What? Or someone who lost a leg, at least you don't have cancer. That's not helpful. In fact, it's actually detrimental. So so we don't want to tell people what to think, and we want to avoid comparative grief and comparative experiences. You just want to avoid that when you're talking to people. I would, enc- I always encourage people, try to understand what they're thinking. Try to understand where they're coming from. So, so we avoid telling them what to think, we avoid comparative grief, and then we focus our energies on trying to understand what they're thinking, what they're experiencing. An important element of good communication is trying to understand 
what it looks like through the other person's eyes. I call it the eyeball test. Can you take your eyes out of your head, put them in the other person's head, and see the world from their point of view? Even if you don't agree with them. So there, the, the, the post that I was talking about where the mayor of my town called people idiots, my wife put up a comment that she didn't think calling people names was helpful. And people went off on her and people went... There was one particular woman who... With a little bit of research, look, we're on we're on lockdown, and so I either read when I'm on lockdown, or I scroll Facebook, or I pl- I do play a little bit of online games, uh, for the mind and hang out with my family. But so you know, I have a little bit more time on my hands because we are on lockdown, and so we're scrolling through. I start, and this woman is everywhere, all over the internet, correcting air quotes any person who disagrees with her on COVID nineteen, which is her right. I support that. And the sarcastic person in me wanted to say, man, it must be exhausting having to spend this much time running around the internet helping everyone understand why they're wrong and and see it through your point of view. Now, I didn't write that. I I just share that because I think sometimes people think if there's somebody on the other end of some device telling us what good communication is, well, that's just because they don't struggle with with responses. Anybody who knows me knows that sarcasm is is one of, it's my, that's my superpower. Some people were made to hit baseballs I was given sarcasm. And it can be funny. In that situation, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been helpful. So I I sit back and I try to look at the world through her lens. What is she feeling? What is she experiencing? What is she feeling about what she's experiencing? What are the facts in her life? What are the feelings in her life? And I'm like, she's scared. She's afraid. And she's searching for control. Searching for certainty is a sure sign, almost a certain path, that we're going to get caught up in bad communication because nothing in life is certain. I may not get COVID-19. I might get it. But I may die in a, mo- in a bike in a bike accident, a motorcycle accident. I have a truck. I could die in a wreck in my truck. I could have a heart attack and die. Uh, I could go to the doctors one day and they could say, hey, we don't know how we missed this, but you have cancer. I have a lot of clients my age right now that that's their life. In my Facebook memories this morning... Uh, a, a memory came up of Marissa. I've talked about her in the past. She was someone who worked here, became a close part of our family. She was 30 when she passed. Married in November, passed away the next April. Life is uncertain. And when we communicate with an attempt to create certainty, we lose the plot of what it means to be a good human. And we lose the plot of good communication. So we want to avoid what to tell them to think. We want to, we want to avoid unhelpful comparative grief. We want to try to see it from their point of view. And we want to try to understand that. And sometimes the best communication is just recognizing that what they're saying, yeah, that would be hard. Yes, I can understand how that would be scary. Sometimes that's just the best response. We don't have to correct everybody we can kind of trust the system. And, you know, one of the things we want to consider is the communication does depend a bit on the platform that you have with the person. There is communication that I'll have with my wife or, or one of our employees, Lindsay. Uh, she's actually the one who does the intro to the show and the outro. Uh, we're we're kind of like, like she's family. She's not blood family, but she's family. So I'll have conversations with her that I'm not going to have with John Q. Citizen that I, I know, you know, hey, we see each other at the store or whatever, but we don't have that intimate relationship family-wise. 
And, and so we have to understand that that's good communication. Uh, and, and we have to accept, once we can accept that there really isn't, there's very few things that we can expect certainty on. Right? We're, we're just, we, we can't own outcomes. We can own the process, but outcomes tend to be beyond our grasp. And once we can accept that, that there aren't, I'm not going to get the certainty that I think would make me feel better, we can learn to live in the tension of holding two, three, four ideas in our head at once. So in other words, one of my friends is constantly saying this next thing. You can be concerned about the virus. You can be concerned about the economy. And at the same time, you can be concerned that a lot of governments, state governments, are having overreach. They're, they're over-controlling people. You can have all three of those concerns at once, or you could have two of them and not a third one, or, or you could disagree with all of them, and those two people should be able to talk if they were to sell out to the idea of understanding has to happen before good communication can happen. And so you have to try to communicate. One of the things that I do with couples all the time, so I do a lot of couples therapy. They come in, they tell me about arguments they're having, and I'll say, okay, in your own words, tell me 100% as if you were responsible for the fight. Why did you fight? You can't use pronouns about the other person. You can only talk about yourself. And I'm not kidding you. It takes weeks and months to get that idea through their head that you totally control you. Because often I'll say, okay, so why did you do this detrimental behavior at this point in the argument? Invariably, the first six answers I get are, well, because she wasn't listening to me. Well, he was being disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. They deflect outward to excuse their own behavior. And so... One of the things says, okay, well, what do you think when, when they did this behavior that you didn't like, what do you think was going on inside of them? That's trying to see it from the other person's point of view, right? Uh, let's say that you have teenagers. I'm hearing stories about teenagers and kids being grounded. Uh, you know, I, I don't understand grounding a kid in, in quarantine. Where, where are they going to go? But nonetheless, and, and one of the things I, I'll say to the parents is, well, what do you think the kid's going through? This is one of the reasons my wife's offering that free group uh, because the kids are going through stuff too. Can you see the world from the other person's point of view? To be honest with you, I, I am pretty libertarian. I am not a fan of big government. I am not a fan of a lot of the policies I see being implemented in anybody's presidency. And yet I enjoy trying to understand, okay, well, help me understand what it is that the person that's coming through what is it that that they experience and then once you kind of get this this skill going of being able to say okay well what's going on in that other person's mind what is going on in their heart what what are the emotions that they're experiencing it broadens your horizons to the world around you and you're able to give grace more because you can start to look inside yourself it's a both and not an either or we have to embrace the part of humanity that we're all different and it's okay my wife and I talked about this a lot. We can be different. We should be different. And, and it's okay to be afraid. It's not okay to tell other people how they have to react in their fear. It's okay to grieve. It's not okay to tell other people how they have to grieve, especially if how they're grieving, unless they're grieving is harming someone else. And that's where it gets a little bit tricky with something like this COVID-19 because some people think, well, what they're doing is harming me. And I don't, I'm not going to get into that, but you have to really think that through. Uh, you know, one of the things, I, I, I was talking to a friend of mine who was writing a book on a relatively controversial topic about parenting, a, a subset of a parenting um, 
discipline, if you will, a parenting technique. And one of the things that she said that I love is she's like, I just, I only invite people to conversations and if they don't want to have them, then I just stop. And that's part of it. Not everybody wants to have a conversation and that's okay. It's okay to just step back. Yeah, but Joe, they said this. I agree. But good communication, I'm going to try to see it from their point of view. And part of that is, is I'm going to ask myself, do they really want to have a conversation? I think I said this almost probably two years ago now about uh, the holidays. A lot of the things that tick people off about the holidays probably aren't even, weren't even said about that person. And a lot of things that are being said, you, you know, we interpret them through different lenses. I have a friend that lives in Ohio. Uh, we only communicate via Facebook now. And I put up something one time that I thought was pretty innocuous. This is years ago, but I thought it was pretty innocuous. I didn't think it was that big a deal. And he kind of blew it up. He had four comments really fast. All four of them never even crossed my mind. He didn't cross my mind. And I even said to him, I said, I've never really even thought about this, but it was about spiritual abuse in churches. And he's a pastor's son. And his dad was accused of that basically by some troublemakers. And I feel like that, I don't know this for sure because I've never really ran it down, but I feel like that, based on the conversation that we had, that that experience that his dad went through created a lens for him to see what I wrote that was a different lens than what I was feeling. And so in this time of uncertainty, we need to be good communicators by just learning to tolerate the distress that we all have different lenses that we see things through. We all have different beliefs on the solution. Not everyone wants to have a conversation and everybody gets to have their own opinion and shouldn't be threatened. And I I can't even believe I have to say this in 2020. You shouldn't threaten someone with bodily harm because they don't take COVID-19 in the way that you want them to. So many people that I see uh, are writing or telling me, I'm just so angry with this group of people because they're not doing what is right. And I often say to them, well, how do you know that what they're doing isn't right? Well, I have this feeling or I believe, okay, but uh, unless you're an expert, and, and even, let's be honest, in today's day and age, it's even hard to trust the experts. There is so much bias and so much, there just is. One of the things that scares me, having written the, my book, The Emotional Secure Couple, one of the things that scares me is I tell clients, I do have a book that I've written, but I don't want, then we're going to talk about the stuff in these sessions that is in that book, but it's not that we're talking about it because it's in the book. It's in the book because I talked about it for eight years and it worked and I thought putting it in paper was was a good idea. Because I can't tell you how many times I've had people come to me and, oh, I went to this guy and he wrote this book, Finding Your True Direction. I don't remember the name of the book. And all he does is talk about that. Like he doesn't really answer. And and I get that. There are people, it's hard to trust our news sources, uh, the, the world's leading Dr. Fauci, whatever he is, He's flip-flopped. There's video where he's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Don't wear masks. Now he's saying, oh, it is a big deal. Wear masks. And it's just back and forth, back and forth. And so there is a lot of uncertainty. People are living in uncertain times. They're grieving. Uh, they've lost things. And and yeah, you, you know, somebody put up, well, seniors just need to buck up because people are dying. Oh, okay. I agree. People are dying. And the seniors can be sad that they didn't get to have a graduation ceremony, that they didn't get to spend the last three months of their high school year career with their friends. That doesn't diminish the the truth that people died or that people can grieve for those people that died. Stop telling people what to feel. Please, just stop it. 
embrace the discomfort of we all feel things differently. We all grieve things differently. We all have different pains. We all have different stressors. And we all, we're afraid. And it's okay. Try to see the next time that you see something or you hear something and you're angry and you want to lash out in a retort, try the eye test. Take your eyes out of your head and try to see their point of view. Try to see what they're feeling, what they're thinking. It will change the way you communicate. All right. Thanks so much for listening. We went a little long today. Hopefully you'll be able to listen to this in one setting. That's always my goal. Uh, I do want to thank you for listening. If you appreciate this podcast, if you found value in it, please share it with your friends, share it via social media. That is uh, our best form of advertising. Thanks so much. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please share with a friend. And hey, give us that rating in your podcast store. Until next time, change possible.